Hello everybody, welcome back to Eminem Podcast, the Canberra Football Show. I'm your host, Matt Nicoletti. Uh, joining me today, we have uh, once again quite a big show as we preview the two grand finals this weekend in MPL 1 and MPLW. And then, of course, we have those two catch-up rounds to end the show with MPL 2 as they head into their semi-finals this weekend. So, welcome to the show. Russ, as always. Russ, how are you today? Another grand f- couple of grand finals for you to call on the weekend. Yeah, I'm a bit croaky right now after four games on the weekend. So, it's, uh, it's uh, looking forward to just trying to lubricate the throat during the week and, and stay on top of it before the weekend when I've got a couple of games on Saturday and one on Sunday. And, of course, we've got your main commentary partner this season at MPL1, Frank Keisha. Frank, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I, I haven't spent as much time shouting at the TV at Russ like, like he has watching Man U lose to Crystal Palace. Because Arsenal won. Because Arsenal won, but we were shouting, but just for different reasons. I didn't shout. I was just consigned to the fact that it was 3 o'clock in the morning. I didn't want to wake the kids. <laughs> and Jeremy, how are you today? Yeah, good, thank you. Happy to be here. I did comment four games this weekend as well, but I'm not complaining because I'm French. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love how that's the uh, the reason. I'm, I'm, I'm French. That's, that's, that's it. <laughs> I'm not making a point of it, but I'm making a point of it. <laughs> no, that's true. He's done half the games I've done this year. <laughs> And he's got no kids. I think that's the difference. <laughs> he's got one. He's he got one. one. Sorry, yeah. He has one kid. 50% less. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, great band to start the show, as always. Now, let's get straight into it. MPL 1, let's start with the uh, the top four uh, matches. We've got First, we've got Gungahlin United versus Tigers. 2-0, John and Barbatano with the goals. Massive win for Gungahlin, which uh, at the time kept their hopes alive. And after the next match, spoiler, spoiler alert, Belconnen lost, so that means that Gungahlin made the final. And this is the end of the road for the Tigers. Uh, they got a good win last week, though, which kept them in the hunt uh, in this game. Otherwise, it would have been over for them last week. Uh, Frank, let's start with you. What did you think of the matchup this weekend? Um, look, I guess it goes back to something that Russ said to me, like in the commentary a little while back. He's talking about certain moments. Um, and, you know, I mean, an injury to Nathan Magic during the week, rolling his ankle and, and putting him out for the season. Um, and even if you look at some of the, you know, Mark Shields could have brought it back to one all when there was a period of, the, the one period that they had, the Tigers had concerted pressure. You know, Gungala had missed a couple of opportunities in the first half and probably you could see the frustration building up. It was like someone had released a, a pressure valve when, when MJ scored the goal. Um, but then, you know, again, you know, once their, once their guard got down a little bit, uh, Zach Barbatano turns up and, and scores a goal. And, and probably pivotal again was the moment that probably Timothy had come on the field because... I think the, the Gungahlin attack looked you know, a lot more fluid because you started getting balls from deep that they weren't arriving previously. So, I mean, that's that's my summation of that game. I just think if you come back down to, to what we spoke about earlier in the season, Russ, was there's just some key moments and they really shape a season. Yeah, the key moment, um, I think you mentioned it, it was actually in the first half when, when it bounced around the area and Mark Shields header was off the crossbar it was at the top end and if that had gone in and Tigers had gone 1-0 up we know how difficult they are to break down when they've got bodies behind the ball and they are tough when they've got their, their back four in sync um, I think once they went behind it was always going to be difficult for them they've struggled for goals they've struggled um, to score more than once in a game this season um, and the goals they got last week against Belconnen uh, good pressure but they were mistakes by the Blue Devils so once Gungarland went in front I didn't think there was any doubt but again if you're Cameron Crush and you're planning this weekend, you'll watch that match and you'll see plenty of opportunities that were created by the Tigers. Perhaps didn't have the pace to uh, cause them as much issues as Belconnen did the week before uh, and Croatia did as well. Um, but yeah, there's, there was definitely chances there for the Tigers and I think, as Frank said, they can be pretty proud of what they've done. They, they fought 
um, even when they went 1-0 down and, and they were still in it until Zach Barbatana scored. Tell of the substitutes, as you said, um, anti-Timotheo on making the difference and Barbatana checking his goal nicely. And Timotheo wasn't originally in that list. No, he wasn't in the starting lineup. I was given it. I, I get the starting lineup beforehand and I spoke to Marcel Munoz beforehand as well and it was the same 16 um, that he had given me the night before. So whether uh, he was pulling the wall over our eyes or, <laughs> or whether he was just um, something happened in the warm-up, I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, it was big difference when he came on. The ball he put through for the second goal as well. Yeah. Um, and big questions this week for Marcel about who he picks in his starting eleven. It's not an easy one for him. To me, that's the biggest question yeah. this weekend is what does he do with his pack? Does he, does he shuffle his pack? Does he stick with the same sort of formula and lineup that that won in the game against Tigers, um, which would include Timotheo as a starting. Uh, and, and what does he do with the two youngsters that have been coming off the bench and, and sometimes starting in the, in the shape of Sammy Haptomerium and, uh, and Zach Barbatano? Well, there's going to be some disappointed boys, isn't there? He's Absolutely. got a big squad and we know this and he's, he's rotated through them all for most of the season. And I'll tell you what, he's got about 20 players that have, have featured regularly this season, if not more. And only 16 of them could be on that match card on the weekend. So this might, might be pivotal for them in the long term as well because some players don't take too kindly to, to being left out of big occasions and uh, you know might have a knock-on effect a bit further down the track but selecting his best 11 is obviously the key this weekend and Marcel will know which ones he thinks he'll pick I doubt he'll pick it to the very last minute he'll have an idea now of course I think Frank you've been in the final before you'll have an idea but you'll wait and see what people train like in the week and I think that's pivotal. To be honest, the last last couple of finals I've been in, we, we've had no choice. <laughs> a bit like Robbie Cadnatch on the weekend, just whoever the eleven yeah, was standing. Who, who was standing. We'll talk about that later, but whichever eleven were on oh, the, the best, field. The best one was when we were playing Bill Connor in, in 2007, uh, 2017, and we'd pretty much lost our whole back line, and Victor Yanis was actually going to start at centre-back um, until he got a phone call from... Uh, from the police squad, he's obviously in the police and was one of the chief negotiators and someone had barricaded themselves at bloody Widen Hospital. So <laughs> they you know, best laid plans and that was during the, the pre-match speech. So, you know, you talk about last minute. I remember that. I called that game. I remember you coming just beforehand and saying, Victor's out and I came down to speak to you about what was happening and he was gone and, and uh, that's the <laughs> game where Big Ange came for that punch that he didn't get. And yes. Nick Dahl scored the winner, yeah, didn't he? Right. Well, the, the, more we, the more we move on, the better. It's, I mean, yeah. we, we were supposed to do... We were, we were supposed <laughs> to do interview me at Steve Forshaw was supposed to do a half-time interview with Frank Keisha and uh, oh. at, at the break, Steve went down to do the half-time interview and just before the break, it was literally the last yeah, touch because the free kick came over, Ange came, missed it, Nick Dahl heads it in for 2-0, half-time interview done. <laughs> Frank wasn't in the mood. <laughs> no. Uh, if we talk about the lineup, and maybe it's a question for you, Frank. Actually, would you put the same lineup that lost five zero and play on their pride? No, no, uh, I, I don't, I don't think so. And simply because I don't, I don't think Marcel's strongest lineup is that. But Marcel knows his lineup better than anyone else. Now, whether or not, uh, I, I'm not going to say who I'd be picking or not. But I think there was well one one for sure. I think it was it Jack, Jack Green, Green didn't play here. Yeah, so. so Jack Green was out. So straight away, there's a no-brainer that he's. He's in. So well, yeah. if he's fit, well, hopefully he pulled up okay on the weekend. Looked a bit sore again. Oh, it's a, it's a grand final. Like so he's got six months to get over it. He'll be right. <laughs> uh, maybe longer. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and and in terms of Gungal, and you mentioned on the show when you were last here, Frank, uh, that they last win technically um, besides the um, the default victory against Olympic was against Tigers. Coincidentally, in round four. How important is this for Gungal? And not just because they won to make the final, but they won to gain momentum because they haven't won in a little bit. So yeah, yeah absolutely. And we've spoken about momentum and confidence all season, uh, even though it's a short season. But 
We've spoken about it at length. Um, and like I said, when, when MJ's pulled the trigger and put that top corner, it was like the whole north side of Canberra had just breathed a sigh of release. And we're talking deep north, we're not there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, yeah, and you could even see the, like the players at the end of the game, um, they seemed a lot more relaxed. Um, and even though there was still an opportunity for Bill Connor to knock them out, they'd done all they could do. For that moment so yeah look i think that's that's a big weight off their shoulders they've got an opportunity to go back to back in grand finals um and i think that's a you know i think for them it's a, it's a massive uh boost for their their confidence and uh and a, a big push for them to to move into that grand final with a bit of uh, momentum okay we'll discuss uh Gungalan a little bit later on but any last words on tigers before we move on to the next match i think ryan grogan's side have done well this year to get to where they're at um big summer for them as well I believe Ryan will carry on I think he's got a three-year deal there um, I think in place or something along those lines so he'll he'll no doubt go out and he'll he'll recognize now his first year in MPL as a senior coach and he's done a good job and I think he'll recognize the parts of his team he needs to improve on um, I think depth squad depth for him is, is big you look at the bench he had on the weekend it was young and promising players four or five of them in there um, would you want to rely on those guys just yet to be your first choice players in MPL possibly not good squad players to have but he's got to get more depth yeah, I agree. There's probably two things in, in, in relation to Tigers that I'd probably point out is, you know, we, we've always seen the Tigers under Gabby Wilk and they've been brilliant and they've, they've been attacking, but they've always been vulnerable if they go a goal or two down. And, you know, we saw it even in last year's grand final. Now, obviously there were excuses there. Jacob Cole got sent off and they were down to 10 men and you need, it's a grand final, you can't just sit there. Um, but the fact that they actually came back and were really knocking on the door at 1-0 down and, and the fact that they actually got over the top of Belcon and when everyone probably had written them off, I think that's a really big plus for Tigers going forward. But like Russ said, you know, they really need to sort out their their their, their club as far as 18s and 23s go because um, if they don't have 23s players that are ready to play first grade and, and like Russ said, like it's, it's okay to fill a couple of gaps but to be continually pushing those senior players for positions in that starting 11, that's what they need. And that obviously comes from an 18s pushing to eight in the 23s and, and so on. And you saw it again on the weekend, Teddy Spaseski, 90 minutes on Saturday, 90 minutes backed up in the 23s as well. Gabe Cole was there again. You can't ask players as, as fit and as, as willing as they are to do that, to do that every single week of the season. Right about now, it's okay. Well, Jacob Cole played how many games yeah. in 23s? Yeah, he had to because they had no goalkeeper because he got injured, didn't they? But, so, yeah. But, yeah. Why is this, but why is this an issue? Because this has been an issue for quite a few years now at, at Tigers. This isn't something new. Uh, they've always, you know, sort of struggled for players. They're 23s, a struggle for uh, formerly 20s a struggle for players what, what do you think it is, is look it just... it's a it's a it's a big question isn't it i think i think personally from my own personal opinion and this is only my opinion i think it's possibly the location makes it difficult for there's not enough under 23 players in Coomer itself yeah. for them to be able to play they, they and driving the, down there yeah they had the affiliation with um, Brinda Bella, Brinda Bella think, but yeah. now now that that's sort of ceased and Brinda Bella are sort of standing on their own two feet then then obviously there's there's been a bit of a drain in, in player stock as well I think Brian Grogan will understand that though obviously yeah. and he'll look at that and go well where can I build from that and I've got to start building a club um, from the base up really and, and filling in those gaps he needs to but he's got plenty of talent there it's just finding the extra players in and around that talent to make it a more competitive side. More depth, essentially, as well. Yeah, absolutely. More yeah. depth, and that's it. I mean, he's got... I know Steve Kunovac is there as TD, and, and he'll, he'll steer him in the right direction as well, so, you know. I think the under-16s with Steve Kunovac have done pretty well as well. Kumar under-16, there so go, yeah. maybe, there's a, maybe there's another step up for them as well. Progression next year into the 18s, and then maybe that's where the base is going to come from. All right, best of luck to them next season. Now, next up, we have Canberra Croatia 1-0 over Belcon United. 
Camp Croatia, of course, were already confirmed in the uh, final uh, as of last week's victory over Gungahlin. Uh The question was, uh, will they keep the momentum and uh, keep that undefeated uh, uh, streak going? And they have with the 1-0 victory. This is the end of the road for Bel Conan, though. And because uh, this was a must win for them, as we all know. Uh, Russ, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, same old story for Belconnen, unfortunately, wasn't it? They created a heap of chances and, and didn't take them uh, early on. They could have scored twice or two or three times at least. Kofi Danning missed a really good chance. Luca Flores went around the keeper and Matt Gerbisher blocked it on the line. We talked about it in commentary. Uh, I, may, I posed a question to Frank at the start. What um, mindset to camera Croatia go into this? And, and Frank said it in commentary. You might expand on it now. When Luca Flores goes around the goalkeeper, Matt Gerbisher could quite easily just stop and he rolls it in the net and who cares but he's shown the commitment to slide in get a touch on it to take it onto the post and that showed you the mindset of that team of those players that they were out there wanting to win that game they got lucky i think i didn't think it was a penalty myself i thought it was a it was a, a poor call i'm going to say it was a poor call um it was given very quickly so the referee obviously saw something and and they scored the penalty but they kept coming Belcon. they kept giving it a go the reliance on Kofi Danning and Luca Flores who scored the majority of their goals this year I think was evident and um, there's not much in terms of of goal scoring behind that and I think that came to hurt them on the weekend on camera Croatia Dean Ugrinich um, his record is quite incredible in 2011 he was um, he got to the grand final with Canberra Olympic in 2012 he stepped down in June uh, because he had personal family issues in 2013 he took Woden to the semi-finals for their first appearance 2014 and 2017 got grand final wins with Belconnen didn't coach in 2018 and 19 and then 2020 he's back in the grand final again he's, he's a bit like super coach Frank here um, you want a bit of success you put them in your team so you're saying I only went well because Dean had a couple of years well, off well that's, that's what the stat says jeez I'm not going to the stats about why I'm saying it <laughs> But yeah, look, it, it is it is quite incredible um, that that's the case, isn't it? I mean, it's it's just you know, the way that he manages to bring the best out of his team, um, and they got across the line again on the weekend. Once again, they didn't play particularly well. They've not put in a ninety-minute performance. I don't think even the five-minute of Gungalen. I didn't think they played for a full ninety. Um, but they won again. Um, got a penalty, took it, and they got the, got the points on the board and off to another grand final. Yeah. Um, well, Russ has pretty much taken all my lines. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know good, what they were. Good thing that he's listening. Well, we're not, no, I mean, um, Matty Gerbis is a winner, and that's you know, and 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 that team is surrounded by winners and uh, or filled with winners and, and people that have won premierships and and, and are like. You know, we come back down at the moments. You know, Flores goes around the keeper. Danny puts one over the top. Pretty much open goal. Um, you know, it could have easily been two 0 and and um, all of a sudden the ball's in their court and. Um, you know, they could have, you know, Paul could have really sort of locked that game up and, and, and been in the grand final. And, and to be perfectly honest, I mean, I, and I won't say who I spoke to, but there was a couple of boys I spoke to after the game and they were probably a bit relieved not to be facing Belconnen. And that's not disrespecting Gungahlin, but I think Belconnen actually got amongst Canberra Croatia a few times this year. Um, you know, they, they lost to them 3-2, but they were 2-1 up with minutes to go. Uh, we're talking stoppage time. And again, Matty Gribbisa goes forward, gets a penalty, and that changes the game. Um, on the weekend, you know, he's a colossus there. Um, now, when we get to the team of the year, <laughs> right? So, we, we, this is 2020, so it's a year of restrictions and, and yep. like, so we actually put our own restrictions on this. Okay. Uh, so, we've said you needed to start, so we've only done it for the first seven games, yep. but you needed to start in three of those games. So, when Goober Susan read out, not that he listens to podcasts and he probably doesn't know what a podcast is, Matty. Well, I, well, um, I, I interviewed him today, so he'll, he'll know who we are now. <laughs> uh, okay. But so Russ, Quick change of team. Russ left you out. Quick change of team. I would have had you in there as captain. But, um, 
So, so that's pretty much what we do. But we also stipulated that we needed to have at least one player from each club in the the squad. So you'll see that you'll hear that later. Oh, all right. Yep. So we'll uh, expand upon that later. So since we're talking about this team now, let's talk about the grand final now. Then we'll talk about the um the, the bottom four. Previewing uh, the grand final, what will Gungalan need to do to um, overcome Canberra Crash? Considering two weeks ago it was you know five nil. Two weeks ago it was five nil, but pre like beginning of the year when we we was around two round three, Russ. Yeah. They would have gone into that game heavy favourites, and it doesn't take much to turn that around. As far as like, the, and the onus was on them to bring the game to Canberra Croatia, mind you, that was a Canberra Croatia minus Matty Gerberson, but there was also a Canberra Croatia minus players or eleven players, eleven versus v eleven for probably half an hour of the, of the ninety, so they had every opportunity to get over the top of them there. I I, I guess for me, it's it's not so much because we know what Canberra Croatia bring into the table week in week out, and they've proven that they're consistent, they're hard to break down, they're good going forward, they're a great midfield. Um, it's what what Gungahlin turn up like, and if they turn up and they're on song, then they're hard to beat. If they turn up the way they turned up when they got beaten five nil, the show's over pretty quickly. It's the final we expected, I think, at the start of the season. It's the final I predicted, isn't yeah. it, Russ? Well, you said the final you predicted. Yeah. Of course, he predicted it. He does everything that I do. Like, don't he predicts nothing except no. buy coffee obviously yeah he doesn't doesn't buy coffee it's a final that, that everybody I think expected but they got the bat there in a roundabout way what I'm really looking forward to is that when we commentated the game at the 5-0 um, and even the 1-1 before that there was a real undertone there to the match where the, I don't think these sides particularly like each other as football teams I'm sure they get on quite well off the field but I think there are some Leftover residue from last year's 5-0 at the AIS when Gungahlin swamped Canberra, Croatia. And I think we saw a little bit of that in the 5-0. The other one, there's a lot going yeah. on. I think I was calling the game and, and you mean, were watching all sorts going on off yeah. the ball, weren't you? And I mentioned it to you as well. Like I don't think... It's almost harder playing a team that you've just towed up in a, in a couple of weeks' time. We, we sort of did it against Kuma last year. We beat a 4-0 last game of the season, then come out and... You know, we couldn't get over the top of them in the first major semi-final. It's it's actually hard to sometimes. It's not so much about motivation, but the opposition side's got all the motivation in the world. They're out to prove something. You've you've proven it once. Um, you probably well, you've proven it a couple of times throughout the year. But that's always a difficult one. Yeah. And there is an undercurrent there, Russ, and we'll, it'll be. Um, It'll be on from the word go, I reckon. Yeah, there's no way it's going to be 5-0. I can't see it being 5-0 again. I'll be massively surprised if one side runs away with it over another one. I think it's going to be a really tight game, um, and it, it's going to go all the way, I think. I Yeah, I, straight after the game last week, I said, I reckon this is extra time and potentially penalties. Um, so if I was both those coaches, I'd be practising those. And hopefully they score them pretty early because I've got to be back home at half nine because United are on against Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> So let's get some predictions, shall we? I've given you mine. Um, I, I reckon this will go the full length. I reckon extra time and penalties. Um, put a gun to my head and you say who I'm going to back. Uh, I remember Matty Gerbis turning up, stepping up to a penalty against Bill Connon and Andy and Andy Bunnell, coach Canberra Croatia, and uh, and and uh, and not scoring it. I reckon he might reverse that this time and uh, Croatia on pens. There you go. Yeah, what, what he what, said then. What price? What price <laughs> I, I just, I just hide behind Frank. If I, if I get that right, 
I'm here Monday yeah. again. Like, Look, I, I don't even care if you have a show or not. I'm here <laughs> with a microphone next week. I think there'll be a lot of goals in it uh, in normal time. I don't think it'll, it'll be a nil-nil draw by any stretch of the imagination. There's too much quality out there. But I think what Frank says, I think it's going to go all the way. Um, as for a winner, I think it comes down to a penalty shootout. Camera Croatia will have the more experienced players and the more level heads to possibly do it. But you never know. Uh, it might come down to the keepers. You know, they've both been outstanding this year. Like if you, to be honest, if you if you were going to pick almost a player of the year for Gungahlin, I think Laguda would be right up there. He's uh, you've seen more games than I have this year, but I, I think he's um, he's been exceptional. I've mentioned on the show before when you weren't here, the goalkeepers this year have been exceptional across the board. There's been some really good goal, yeah. goalkeepers as well. Cynics would say Cam Croatia have had plenty of practice from the penalty spot this year. They've had six of them in ten games. So. Well, and, and, and we talk about Marcel starting lineup. I mean, Dean's got another question to answer as well because you know, he, he probably had a couple of boys there that would normally start, like Jason Greenwich and and, and alike that normally. Yeah, well, start. I think Jason Greenwich will probably get a run, and, and and when he does, it'll be his 150th MPL game. So that's quite an achievement for him. If he could cap that with a goal, that would make his day, I'm sure. But we talked about it on the weekend. They've got such a good backline. Um, and there's so many players in that back line. Matty Gerbisch, Nick Boblis, Marco Verdikic, Daniel Subasic, even Pavlak, Jordan Lamb. There's six off the top of my head. Pochi. Yeah, Michael Pochi as yeah. well, sorry. yeah. So there's seven defenders. He can only pick four. And he's likely only put maybe one of those on the bench to a push. So someone's going to miss out there as well. So And, and it'll be really harsh on whoever that is, um, depending on, on what he selects further forward as well. Because there's lots of lots of options, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, does he go with Barash? Does he bring your Greenwich back? Jan Paolo scored from the spot again, you know? Is he a big game grand final player? Probably is, isn't he? So it's a really going to be interesting. And, and we won't know, obviously, until about 10 to 6 on Saturday, which uh, which teams are going to be playing. I'm going to give you get, do some homework. You talked about Jan Paolo being a big game grand final player. He's almost a James Field of Canberra. Have a look at. I how asked many, if he was. <laughs> how many grand finals Domo has played in and lost? Because even when he played for Olympic, when I had him recently in um, in nineteen, another grand final uh, that we lost. But if if he had to stake, if he had to stand up for a penalty 100%. in a GF, would you yeah. you'd put your house on him, wouldn't you? I mean, he squeaked, <laughs> no. he squeaked that one in on the weekend. <laughs> he squeaked that one in on the weekend. Jordan Thurtell it was funny because I heard him talking after the game. He goes, because Thurtell was obviously yeah. out deep. He goes, he knows which way I'll go every time. So I had to get it as far to the side as I could. He looked incredibly relieved. Oh, yeah, he? He, was, he was pale. the cheeks. He was pale. Yeah, so. Look, I'm hoping it's a great game. I'm hoping uh, that the lucky few people that can come in and watch it enjoy it. And uh, if you can't watch it, tune into Bar TV Sports. Yeah, and, and hopefully we'll give you something to look forward to at home. And yeah. uh, uh, Russell, get, let me get a word in every now and then. And maybe by that stage, maybe, I'll be super tired. Maybe so. we can have two microphones this week. Yeah. That'd be useful. Maybe yeah, that would be ready. useful, wouldn't it? Because uh, we only had. <laughs> well, I don't know if you watched it on the weekend. We had no headsets and one mic. It was. Uh, well, it, it's because Jeremy, Jeremy yeah, yeah. he just steals the everything. Stole everything yeah, didn't they? <laughs> so it was all in Riverside. I had the headset. I had three headsets for two commentators. Yeah, three headsets. <laughs> The French can't we trust the Tasmanian commentator with two heads here or something. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, no, we've got, we got the headsets this weekend. It's I been noticed you had the two so. microphones before, sure, but when it came to me, it's like... Look, you've been there long enough now that you should be able to understand that it doesn't always go to plan, mate. You had a microphone <laughs> and, it, and it didn't work and you adapted well. Well played, Frank. It was a test. Russell is going to be tired, so maybe you might be the lead commentator by the end of the match. Not a hope. <laughs> well, look, I mean, if this, doesn't, if this throat doesn't get any better, you're, you're over it, mate. <laughs> Just so you can see it. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's wrap up the uh, bottom four last match, shall we? Monaro 5 0 now. Uh, Smith with two goals. McCarthy, Ahmed Shaibu 5 0. They beat Canberra Olympic. Obviously, this is a massive uh, win for Monaro because it puts them in that 
uh, playoff and it gives them something to um, to play for and try and win after you know finishing uh, where they did. Uh, Olympic though they were on bare bones as you guys I'm sure will discuss now. Had a few 23s players playing in there, quite a few injuries as well. Um, what do you guys think about this uh, result? I think uh, it was one way traffic really wasn't it and, and that's no disrespect to Robbie and his team. Once Monero scored early, Adam Neo scored. At the time I thought it was known goal he quickly corrected me when he got home um, we changed it at half time. He was he was sharp on the old uh, on the old Twitter to go. Hang on, that's mine. <laughs> so we give it back to him. Um, but once they took the lead, uh, you know they just they and they could have had a bucket for more. Look, Manama tribe. He should have had a hat trick. Um, scored perhaps the hardest one of the three he had was denied with a good save by the, by James Christus in nets. He he had a good game. The goalkeeper to be fair um, made some really good stops. But it was just yeah. Eli Howe missed an open goal. It was just chance after chance after chance for the Panthers and. I think worryingly from Olympic, and I don't think they'll take too much away from it because of the, the, the context of the season and where we're at. It was just all over the place. There was no midfield. There was no real structure in there. And the young lads that came in tried their hardest, but were up against it for most of the game. And, you know, Nick Popovich got sent off. And we've talked about their disciplinary record on air before. Um, 20 yellow cards or 22 yellow cards, five, uh, two reds and five temporary dismissals. And that's the root of the problem. And, I think a lot of that, we've asked you this question before, Frank, and you've been in that environment. A lot of it boils down to frustration, I think, um, but it doesn't help the team, does it? And, and once you get a reputation amongst match officials in Canberra, it's very hard to shake that. Yeah, everything Ross said. Yeah. <laughs> Frank's, Frank's got uh, too much invested. <laughs> yeah, look, it was disappointing. Um, probably not unexpected in a way, like I think going into that game Robbie would have just been asking for them to be playing with a bit of pride and uh, they would have been having a look at some of the younger guys coming in um, uh, full credit to the senior guys that did uh, manage to, to last to the final game but you know they, they've been cruel with injuries and um, you know we, we, I read out a list a couple of weeks ago Russ and it was basically a squad and then you added to that you know Dominici was out Jordan Cache was out um, and Jay Kelly left halfway through Kelly, the game with an injury yeah, as well it's just so, been a horrible season so, for them in that respect yeah, I mean, Take nothing away from Monero, though, who no, actually no, played pretty well and, and, and took their opportunities when they came, and they looked quite sharp. They dropped Ahmed Shlaibu a little bit deeper. He was able to... It was good to, to see him on the hole. ball a little yeah. bit more, I think. Um, but yeah, I think and Sammy uh, Smith, through the middle, took his two goals really well. Um, and he's had a good season as well. We, we gave him a bit of a... Gee, Forshaw was giving it to him. Well, we gave him a bit of a hammering on commentary a couple of weeks ago. They had scored for like <laughs> 650 minutes or something, and then he scored <laughs> three and three now. Adam Neer the same. <laughs> Apparently Jimmy Canarini's told them that I was bagging them out, um, saying, saying that they hadn't scored all year, and in the finals they can't stop now. <laughs> everyone, will want, everyone will want you to say that about everyone now. Uh, yeah, can you just back me out, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, look what he did to Wyden. He smashed them for how long, and now oh, yeah, you're the four-form team of the competition. But it wasn't my fault was it <laughs> look I'm just uh, stirring them up to get out there and put it we'll talk about one in a minute but yeah they, they've actually turned it around really well but yeah, yeah but I think I think there's work to do for Olympic next year I think there's a lot of work to do um, they, they get a lot of their players back question is now whether they hold on to the ones I did read a stat out on the weekend that they gave nine debutants this year across the board only two of them were brought in Daniel Lindstedt and I saw sort of Heggie the rest of them were youngsters that they had to promote up to the first grade more by necessity than design yeah, I think. and I think a lot of those uh, were given in the last couple of because, games yeah. because because that, that just goes to show the amount of injuries that they've had of, of first grade squad players unavailable that they've brought in seven young players that they had to bring in um, they may have brought a couple in at a time when we just spoke about this with Tigers you might want to bring one or two in but to chuck in um, five or six like it was last week and four or five again this week and it's really can, hard yeah and you can do it for maybe one game and you know I mean obviously a bit I know that 
because I know even last week, uh, in particular, the A-teams were playing Canberra Croatia pretty much the same time. They needed a point to, to wrap up a, a league title pretty much there. So a lot of the guys that had a debut the week before couldn't back up and play because there was a clash in games. But at the same time, there were so many players that had backed up from the 23s semi-final the, the day before and, and, and needed to front up the, you know, the, the day after to play against a side like Monero who really uh, were all you know, guns blazing to, to get to that last They were game. up for it, weren't they? Monero were up for it. I'm not sure yeah. Olympic had quite the same desire from what I saw on the weekend. But, you know, 5-0, good result for Monero. It goes in the record books. And uh, one to think about next year for Robbie and Canberra Olympic and what they need to do in terms of recruitment. It's going to be an interesting off-season, that's for sure. Now the last game to wrap up is Woden Weston, 2-0 over Tuggeron, Barisic, and Selden with the goals. Once again, um, it was 3-0. Okay, well, I swear I saw this online. I might be wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. Um, uh, been a long week, what can I say? I should have had a coffee as well while I was at it. Anyway, um, so Woden Weston, uh, yeah, like I said, fantastic. Uh, uh, I'm beating run for them now. I think it's five games, winning four of them. Uh, we said it last week on the show, imagine if it was a little longer season, what could have been for them? They've really uh, started to turn around under Ulysses De Silva. Tuggeronong, it's fair to say they haven't really been at the races this, this entire bottom four series. Um, I think that's pretty much fair to say. What did you guys think about the match? We'll start with you. Uh, well, um, it's good to see that Russ put you to sleep here in that match. So you didn't miss the last goal. But, um, <laughs> no, he got the Selden goal. Blaze Blaz off. <laughs> Marty Barisic got two. <laughs> Look, I think Yuri Silva's done a great job, and, and you can see that they've been up for that Final Four series the whole time. Um, you know, and, and like I said to you, I think a couple of weeks ago, you know, people will say, "Oh, you know, Wyden have had a great run with results because they're playing in the bottom four, but they've beaten, uh, well, they've drawn with Olympic and beaten Olympic. They've beaten Kuma Tigers or Tigers. Um, so even with the other results, they've they've done particularly well. And you know that you know the, the inclusion of the two Barisic boys. Um, is is and and you know Blaze coming into midfield and Selden now playing uh, you know starting and Miguel de Silva is another one that that I think has done really well. Um, you know there's a, there's a real good foundation there and I think look for, to be honest I think this will be um, a really good hit out when they um, front up against Monero and um, I'd probably yeah I, I don't know I, I think based on because um, even the last game that they played Monero went down two one to Woden but Monero were knocking on the door for about the last mm-hmm. fifteen minutes. Um, it should be an entertaining game, Ross. Yeah, Woden's best run in the NPL since 2013 when they won nine in the, spi- on the, in the spin. And that was uh, Derek Ullman with his 29 goals in 18 games. And, and since then, they've just really struggled to put results together. But they've got them together. Now you mentioned that. You couldn't even mention add tuggies to that mix. They finished fifth on the ladder and were, were one, one uh, kick away from making the top four. So that's a good result for them again on the weekend. Uh, they, they look really good. They scored some lovely goals. Mate Barisic took his two superbly well. Um, the second one especially with the chest and the volley. And, and Jay Seldon got the goal that I think his work rates deserved throughout the season. He, he's, run, he's run the line quite well. Um, they, played, they played really well. They looked very, didn't look in danger at all. Um, and they look like they're in a, in a good vein of form heading into the weekend's game. For Tuggeron, Mitch Stevens tried a new look midfield with um, a couple of teenagers in Harrison Bunnell and Lawson Moore alongside uh, Brandon Cashmore on debut. Didn't quite work for him. Um, he's, they've used this final series to try out a few things. And I think Mitch said as well, and Steve Forsher alluded to it in commentary on the weekend, they've not recovered from that, the disappointment of Ryan Keir scoring that goal. They were buzzing at that stage. They were unbeaten in five and they were looking good and just trying to lift themselves with the disappointment of not being in the top four and they haven't been able to do but, it. But that's the difference between Tuggerong and Olympic right at the moment is that, you know, okay, so they both missed out on that bottom four finals, but Tuggerong were able to experiment with kids that 
they chose they chose to yeah they chose yeah, to yeah. whereas I think Robbie was sort of painting to a bit of a corner and, yeah forced and, to make the changes yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I think I think look Mitch has Mitch has got some decisions to make as well as all coaches have he's got to look at his squad and go where am I going to find more goals from Harry Truman started off well and, and scored a couple and Mitch won't mind me saying this but when he asked Harry Truman young lad to start doing something that was a little bit alien to what he was used to it did quite work for him so there's a question of whether or not you just go to him, get up there and put it in the net, mate. And I, as, a, as a former forward myself, that's generally the kind of instruction you'd like. Don't worry about anything else. Just get up there and, and try and score some goals. But it is what it is for them. And uh, it's going to be a tough summer as well in terms of what they can bring in. Um, I don't think they're overly disappointed not to have to go again next week. And I don't think Camber no, Olympic would be think, either, I to be for, honest. For some of those teams, I think, yeah, I think the sooner the season finished, the better. Mm. Um, but I'm looking forward to the final, the what are we calling it, the bottom four final series championship decider. Well, uh, just uh, discuss that just a little bit before we uh, meet up. Uh, what, uh, before we uh, do the uh, MPL uh, XI from you guys, what do you think about that one? Who, who's who? Would, who is it? Um, Frank, Frank mentioned it. Um, they played each other twice this year. They both had a win. Monero won three 0 at Melrose. Win. Um, Woden weren't in any sort of form whatsoever. And I remember that game. I called that game with you. I think it was. Was were you there? No. Oh, Mitch Stevens was there. Mitch, I think maybe. Yeah. And it was. It was happening down in rain and. There was one chance yeah, when Ahmed I don't, Shobu... I don't, I don't do the rain. Did the snow, <laughs> though. <laughs> Ahmed Shobu hit the bar with a shot, and he was quickest to react. He came straight back to him, and he scored. And that kind of luck wasn't going for Woden at the state at that stage. They couldn't buy a goal. They're a different side now, and we saw a couple of weeks ago, as you said, it was a decent game. It was 2-1. Um, there was chances for both teams. I think it would be a nice open match to end the season for them. Neither of them are going to be cagey. There's no real trophy on the line for it anyway. It's just a bit of pride. So let's hope they both go out there and throw caution to the wind and play a bit of attacking football. Indeed. Now, before we get into the XI, uh, Jeremy wanted me to ask this to you guys. What 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 is uh, your goal of the season, or at least a uh, couple of mentions? Ooh. I mean, per oh, and Sam Whittier's against. I reckon yeah, Whittier's not, against you, you Tigers. Take your game from Nigel. Yeah, or, or, or either of the Kishter strikes. Uh, yeah, they were both. They were both yeah, pretty and, sensational. And, and special mention of Cobertalo against Tigers. I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, there was um, some really nice team goals, wasn't there? We saw a couple on the weekend with with. Um, but Mare Barisic's goals. Yeah, Tucker had a really nice free kick against Woden. Luca Flores. Uh, uh, Luca Maycourt turned up with a couple of really oh, yeah. nice goals. Yeah. He against one against, one yeah. against Monero, but the one against Tigers in the that brought him back to oh, the little one too. And I love, yeah. I love that yeah. goal. Like, because to me, that's that's how I like to see my team it, it all depends what you want to see I mean yeah. for me uh, for me, uh, Karen Clark's goal on the weekend where she scuffed it in from a yard it, it, counts. it, it counts I mean and, it, it, and it, for me it's just as important as anything that you whack in from 35 or 40 so um, but if I was going to pick one um, I would say Whittier um, at Nigel the way he cut inside and I was right behind that um, on the scaff when he hit it and it just bent and there was not an earthly for, the, for Sam Brady yeah, I, I reckon, yeah I'm, I'm pretty much with you Toss up between that and Dom Giampaolo's penalty on the weekend. No, <laughs> no, Sammy, no, I'll go for Sammy's. I think, I think that was the one. To be fair to Whittier as well, the goal he scored against Olympic, where he picked his way past two or three and, and rolled it past the keeper, was a reasonable finish as well. It was. Defensively, <laughs> defensively not ideal, but not as good as the one at You're breaking my heart every time. <laughs> Mate, you can fix it. No. With, with Robbie, the dream team, back on deck. You heard it here first. <laughs> you <heard> nothing. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this uh, XI, shall we? Can you just uh, repeat that criteria you said before oh, you get so into the, it? I've got this. It's, it's, this is the 11, 
plus subs that Frank will be signing for his new <laughs> club next season. <laughs> no, no, so if so you hear your name, expect a phone call. Can you just stop him talking? Expect a phone call between now and about February. <laughs> first, first criteria, we don't call it XI. We're not... No, we, okay. It's our, it's our team of the year with substitutions. We decided that we were only going to do it for the first seven games, uh, yep. just to make it fair, because that's where everybody played everybody else. Um, we also decided that you needed to have at least three starts. So, like I said, um, there's going to be a few notable exception, um, yeah, exclusions. And one, and one player from. We had to have a representation from every club in there okay. as well. So. Yeah, and and from and for me, it's like these for me were and and, and obviously Russ as well because we did go back and forth. I've got three pages of emails here. Um, you can vouch for that. Yeah, I can. Thank you. And it's not even big text, except for Russ. He types big. I think he's got something on his eyes. But anyway, we'll move on. It didn't look that big when I typed it. Are you sure you haven't got your computer like magnified so no, that you can I read don't. it? No, I don't. My, my, How strong are your glasses? My, my text is small. You've got my grandma's oh, text here. It's, it's official university text. <laughs> so, uh, so what we also did, we, we tried to pick players that were consistently good. And, and some players that missed out are probably going to be... Um, Probably hunting you down? No, probably from <laughs> Shut up, I'm covering myself. Yeah, they're, they're probably going to be a victim of their own um, standards from previous years. So there's going to be a couple of boys that, that miss out that probably say, oh, Kaish, what are you thinking? Um, so, yeah, so as Russ said, these aren't players that are, that are on my list for next year. Yeah, do, don't, don't be if offended I, if you're so not I'm in just, it. I'm just bringing their prices down by saying you didn't make too So much. it's Keisha and Goal, Nicoletti <laughs> at right back. <laughs> <making it. laughs> no, no, so let's be serious. So... First of all, we've, we've got um, in goals, we've, we've decided to go Sam Brown over Jordan Fertel. So Fertel's on the bench, but Sammy Brown's are, are, are picking goals. I thought he's been outstanding this year, Russ. Um, and he's, to me, he's just looked very confident. Um, and, and even before the, the tug on penalty, I said to you, I said, sort of fancy Sam Brown to do something here. Um, stood up tall. Um, and, and I know we, we, we go back to the Ryan Keir goal, and this is not to, to hammer young Slavage, but that save was probably instrumental of, 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 miss, of Tuggerong missing out in the finals. Yeah, look, I mean, could, we could have flipped a coin between those two, I think, in, in the form that they showed in the in the, in the seven rounds, and um, Jordan, unfortunately, made the error in, and then in the finals. you got Laguna and Cole. But, yeah, there were yeah. so many we could have picked from, but I think Sam Brown for his consistency, the fact they didn't concede many goals and they finished top of the pile gets the nod. Yeah. Now, we picked a back four, so I should actually say that, we picked a back four, uh, four in midfield and two up front. Okay. You're four four two. Don't say it like <laughs> Mike Bassett. Yeah, it's a family show. <laughs> uh, and then we'll go through our bench at the end. So the back four, we went. Uh, well, I went. No, we went. Yeah, we did. We, we did. No, we actually. We'll did. take collective responsibility. We'll take collective responsibility. For this. So we went Spasewski, uh, Isaac Clements, uh, Jenkins, and Green. Um, for me, I thought Clements was almost outside of Matty Goodbusser, who didn't start the three games. Um, in the in the first seven, uh, I thought Clements was outstanding all year. I thought um, every time I, I, we fronted up and, and saw Belconnen play, um, you know, I thought he was he was a pick of all the defenders in the competition. Um, I really like the way Spasewski grew into the season. Um, 
Jenkins, Rasmus. yeah, you might find that a bit of a surprise for a team that finished bottom of the table. But I did Monero a lot this season, and I think he was rock solid. And his defensive ability to read the game, his, percep- his perceptiveness of where he is on the field, and I think he just deserves a little bit of a nod of respect for the fact that it, um, if it wasn't for him, they may have lost more than than they did. And I think alongside Eli Howe as well, they formed a really good central defensive partnership. And I think he deserves his spot yeah. in that squad. And, and Jack Green just picks himself pretty. And much. Tony Spaseski. I mean, what can you say about Tony Spaseski? We picked him slightly out of position. He's played in so many different positions this year, but he, he's got an engine like no one else in the competition, I think. Only perhaps Daniel Sparrow can, can uh, rival him for work, weight, work rate. He gets up and down, backwards and forwards, and he gives 100% every week. Um, might not be the most talented footballer on the list, but for someone that's going to give you the cliche 110%, he'll go above and beyond, and we've seen that in finals as well. He's backed up on the Sunday for the 23s. He's a real club person at heart, and, and a really nice lad too, isn't he? Yeah. Spaz, that was that was Russ that said you weren't as talented as the others. Just saying. <laughs> I look at me. He's got his qualities. I yeah, told you what his qualities no, were. I'm just. I mean, he's not quick. Jack Green, you know. Hey, don't forget, Russ can say what he likes. No one's really going to criticize. Right, <laughs> like, the great man's seen more games than anyone else this year, so I'm not going to argue with him. So, uh, midfield four, uh, and to me, player of the season is Nico Oida. Um, he's partnered with Luca Maycor, Jeremy Haptemerium, and Daniel Cobbletalo. Yeah, I think it speaks for itself, doesn't it? Nico Oidor is a simple pick. He was the first one on our sheet, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I think we've talked about him all season. I'll be amazingly surprised, and you said this as well, if he doesn't get the player of the year nod, um, if there's one awarded this year. He's just defensively been excellent. Uh, his passing's been good, and he's come up with five goals as well. What more can you ask for? And I understand he's going to be getting a, a shot with uh, an A-League team, I believe, maybe MacArthur or something. Yeah. They're going to give him some trials. Awesome. So, I think so he's already started, Russell. Great news. He already started, does yeah. he? Yeah, so that's great news for him, and and I think he's got all the talent to go there, hasn't he? Um, I like Luca McCaw as a selection alongside him. We debated that a little bit, didn't we? And we talked about it. We think he deserves his spot uh, with his all-round contribution to the game, his ability to score goals. And I think he's played first grade before, but this year he's really come into his own, hasn't he? And he's yeah, made that spot his to own. To me, it was, it, I know he's, he's played a lot of first grade last year, but to, to me this year, he really that was his breakout season. The, the, the one thing that sort of had me just had a couple of question marks for me last year was just his discipline and, and just yeah he he'd react and his descent and it's just he'd pick up stupid yellow cards and i'll say it just that bluntly he was picking up stupid yellow cards whereas this year you'd see him walk away from those situations um and you know i thought yeah look i think for, for a young man moving forward i thought he did really really well um and he was pivotal to Belconnor's success and and look i know he's not listed there but the fact that you've got someone like um Dustin Wells playing next to him and guiding him around the park and, and leading by example. Um, not listed, really but point, yeah. really influential. I think that's a really good point. I think um, Dustin sacrificed himself a little bit this year in terms of getting forward to play in a more defensive role and spray the ball around. And I think that's a really good point. Um, the other two, um, Daniel Colbertado, where did you list him? What is it, a forward, defender, midfielder? I've got um, him down as an atta- nine. attacking midfielder. <laughs> Next to Haptomerian, don't worry, Colby, you don't have to get back too much. Uda will cover you like he has all season. Uh, and you've got Clements who's killing everyone. So don't worry about it, Colby. You can just do what you want. He's a bit like when I used to have Cato in my team. You'd put Cato on a whiteboard, uh, yeah. but who cares where you put him? He'd yeah. just go where he wants. Great touch. Um, yeah. Good engine again. Like we talked about yeah. work rate and desire. And he's full of goals this year, he tells me. And he's been scoring goals. Look, he usually comes up with one on the big occasion, doesn't he? So I wouldn't he put does. it past him to net one on the weekend. And, and alongside him, you've got another player who comes up with goals on the big occasion as well. Jeremy Hatsumarian got a couple in the grand final last year and maybe not been the best 
season by his standards. I think he was probably a little bit better last year, but I think he's been the best of that Gungarland team in terms of an attacking threat. He always offers something when he's got the ball. You can see the team visibly lift when Jeremy's got it because the opposition don't really know where he's going. He's comfortable running with it. He's comfortable to take players on and, and that point of difference, that X factor. Yeah. And uh, the two up front, look, I've, I've gone for just a partnership and that's what I, you know, if I was, if I was picking two up front, um, I try to find combinations um, and that's probably been the success. We had a lot of Olympic, you know, we had Popovich and Dominici or Cadenac and Dominici, you know, that, so we've gone for, for Danny and Flores. I thought, and this is a bit like the Dustin Wells, Luca, Luca Maycourt situation. I think Flores has really been guided around the park a lot by Kofi and Kofi's brought Flores into the game. Um, he's, he's really come to the party this year, Luca Flores. This is his breakout year and um, managed to get himself on the score sheet probably more than anyone else. From yeah, half a dozen goals. So, and he scored regularly. Um, once he starts getting, um, converting his chances to, to goals... And it's it's a better ratio than what it is. The kid could be frightening. Like he, um, it takes him twenty minutes. We, we've talked it's about it often. Him. There's always seems to be in every game I've done for him. There's one really good chance for him to open the scoring before he gets into the mindset of the game and, and then generally comes up with a goal that's generally harder than the one he's just missed yeah. and like you said that comes with a bit of experience. He snatches at things sometimes. Maybe he winds himself up too much before kickoff. He. Phenomenal work rate again. I keep saying work rate. He gets around the park. He, he never gives a defender a moment's peace. And he's got that ability to turn on a sixpence, yeah. isn't he? Which, which you'd hate as a defender. If yeah. well, I mean, I'm assuming I've never been that far back. But I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming you wouldn't like it at all. But and that's low centre of gravity. Yeah, fantastic footballer to watch. And I love his attitude. And and Kofi Downing alongside him, as as you said, I think he complements him perfectly. Yeah. Brings a bit of experience to it. And again, he'll be disappointed he's not scored more than he has this year. But or one in particular on the weekend. One on the weekend. But luckily, we're only doing the first seven rounds that's isn't right. it so that's why that's why Kofi's in here because in the first seven rounds in the first seven rounds he scored some crucial goals for them and and he brings some uh, more experience to that team it's good yeah and then we've got a bench of uh Thurtell. we've got Regan Walsh uh Daniel Sparrow Ryan Keir who I thought was amazing this year as well uh Felipe Bernabe Madrid uh Ahmed Shabu and Jay Selden from my yeah so we we wanted to pick some of the players from the other teams that didn't get a look in um that I thought were good um, for their teams and yeah. um, I had a bit of more input than Frank enough seeing in more games than, than he has this year and Lukman Ahmed Schreiber for me was was a really good signing for Monero Panthers he's got a lot of ability I think we saw it on the weekend again we're talking finals but when he drops deep he's got the ability to wait a ball it's just good he finds goals again could have had more um, be disappointed he's not had more he had a um, he wanted to be up near the top goal scorers list when he got here he's ended up with five which isn't too bad when top goal scorers oh, look at some of the players who've left out you know we, we've got yeah, we had some players on the list there, Dominici, Popovich, uh, Kistis was another one that we had listed. Yeah, he was excellent this year. He, he was unlucky you know, to miss out. Daniel um, Barac has scored some goals. Barac was the other one that we looked at. And even at the back, you know, we had a look at you know, some of the other boys there. So Yeah, we looked at um, Adam DeFranceschi um, in, in terms Woden, of defensive yeah. performance for Woden. I thought he was very solid this year. And if we'd gone a top four, bottom four um, selection, he would probably be in it alongside yeah. um, David Jenkins in the back. Uh, he's been that good. And Jay Selden um, was been excellent for Woden. And, and had Mark Tate Barisic started 
earlier in the season, yeah. then I'd say he's yeah. a shoo-in. Like, again, this is all subjective. This is just what we've seen. And honestly, we could have picked another two teams um, with completely different players. It's really hard to, to and know yeah, And yet you still had a go at me like weeks ago when I get that question without <laughs> notice saying, I'll pick your best players of the year and I listed about 300. Now, yeah. which, is, <laughs> which is fun. You've narrowed it down from 300, which is pretty good it's effort. It's not bad. We've got down to and a shout out to Regan Walsh for being in that team as well. Yeah, He's uh, led by example for Tuggeron. And, and yeah, so I'll, I'll probably put a lot of emphasis on leadership. Um, and Regan Walsh to me and Cam Doherty I thought were were outstanding in Tuggeronk's campaign this year um, we, we, we're cheering for Cam to get a goal sometime <laughs> in the next 20 years um, maybe in Masters we'll oh, see mate, we gave him an absolute serve when he turned up on the weekend in the me and Steve uh, I don't think he was too happy <laughs> we'll see that's why they like me better than well he was, given, he was giving us a serve so we just gave him it back but unfortunately no one could hear him and everyone could hear us <laughs> 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 You've got to learn to come behind the mic cam, then you can get your say. Uh, yeah. But he's been good. I, I was quite impressed with Harrison Bunnell um, on a first debut season for Tuggeron as well as a central defender. I think he's got a lot of ability and quality as well. And I understand he's been training with the Cambria United um, MYL set up as well to get more experience. So uh, plenty of good yeah, talent in I the mean, competition. Look, I mean, even, yeah, there's obviously been people like, yeah, there's heaps of people we could go through. If I name. All of them, we're going to leave someone out and they're hmm. going to get upset. They're going to get upset anyway. But you think of the ones that have been injured, though, Frank, that we've not been able to talk too much oh. about, like Rocco Stricker, uh, uh, Tigers, for example, Maddie Bobbles, yeah, yeah. Tim Bobbles come back. You know, all, all these guys. You know, um, yeah, it's it's um, and yeah, it's exactly right, Russ. And and I, I probably didn't mention this, but I would obviously pick Daniel Greenwich as coach of the year as well. I was going to suggest you. No, no, no. <laughs> I, no, I, no, I think yeah, I think you're right, yeah, Dini Greenwich. I mean, he, the way he's turned that around, um, and he's got the, the the group playing the way he wants to. I know he's not happy completely with what he's seen with his boys, and and I think that's a really real mark of that squad, is that they come off after after winning games, and there's still questions being asked. And I knew those questions being asked after the after the Gungala match, even though they won five nil, there were still questions being asked of what happened in this situation or that situation and the, the looking to strive to improve all the time and I guess you, you've had that at Canberra Olympic when you've got that group of players that are, are very talented um, and it's then getting them to actually just yes you're talented but give me 90 minutes and I was in the changing room um, with, um, with Canberra Creation of Friendly against ANU pre-season at Queanbeyan and Dean was in there going we need to be ruthless we need to be 3 to 4 4 to 5 5 to 6 6 to 7 you know, just don't take your foot off the gas. And I think he was disappointed that sometimes this season they have. And I think that's that's probably disappointing him in some respects. But they're in the grand final. <laughs> They've won the league, so you can't be too disappointed. No, uh, and you, there's not there's not many people. And, and I know it's a short season, but at the end of the day, that's still 11 games unbeaten. Oh, what, no, 10, yeah, that's 10. 15 now, I think, including the ends from last year's as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's yeah, under 10, 10, this, 10 this year yeah, under Dean. Under yeah. Dean yeah, 10, if you go on a run of 10 games, you know, that's, that's pretty good going. And that's not easy. Look, it, it certainly isn't. Uh, we'll uh, wrap up this um, MPL1 uh, wrap-up now. Uh, Frank, thanks for coming on the show again. Hopefully we'll have you on uh, the post-show next week uh, after the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I, I swear to God, it's unbelievable, you blokes. You're just dropping on me without me live. talking to my wife. Or, live on the air. Like, yeah. like <laughs> and, then, and then back it up on Sunday. Uh, 11, yeah, 11, yeah, yeah, no worries. We'll yeah. see how we go. Hi, Thank you very much either way, Frank. <laughs> Thank you, Russ, uh, for coming on. Any plugs about the uh, the matches you're covering this weekend? Yeah, you I can't stay for the WMPL because I've got stuff on, but I'm really looking forward to that. It is um, what we expect it to be. Jeremy will talk about it in full. He was at both those games. Um, 
he's kindly handed the mic back to me for the weekend for myself and Sarah West. He'll be on sideline duties. Hopefully, we're wanting to get some uh, exclusive interviews with coaches before games and stuff. We're working on that at the moment, so we'll uh, hopefully get that done, and um, that will be brilliant if we can. So, Bar TV on the weekend, live grand finals. Women's kicks off at three, men's kicks off at six. So before that as well, if you want to tune in, 9 a.m. I think it's the women's and then 11, I think, or something like 12, that, 12 yeah, o'clock for the under 23. So Feast of Football, tune in and, and listen to us all on Bar TV. All right, we are back with MPLW. That was a extra special 50-minute uh, uh, pre- preview of the uh, of the MPL1 for you there from the main commentary team, Russ Gibbs, Frank Kasia. Okay, now... MPLW, let's start with the semi-finals, Jeremy. We called this one. Belcon United 4, Woodman with two goals, Clark with two goals, one was a penalty, against Gangalan United 1, Pennyfield with a goal in the seventh minute. I said it to you in commentary, Jeremy. I thought this is a, the, the first half felt like a whole match, uh, just the way it sort of rolled out and whatnot. Uh, Gangalan, of course, opened through Pennyfield. Fantastic strike. Then Belco bounced back. And once they got that second goal, they were just in gear. I said it looked like they were missing a link before they went 2-1 up. It just felt like the, the, the link-up play between either the midfield and the defence with their... The midfield and defence with their uh, wingers, it just seemed off. It just it just seemed off. Either the balls were way too short or they were way too long and they expected them to run onto it. Except they fixed that up and the link was... Uh, the chain was connected again um, uh, for that link between... Uh, with the wingers and then the wingers called, caused havoc later on, I thought. Uh, of course, this means Belker in the final. Gungalan bow out of the semis. However, I think they've done a... Fantastic job, uh, Diego Iglesias' side has improved from last season and they've put some fantastic football on display and a lot of youngsters there, so if they can keep the core squad and keep building for next season, there's no reason why they can't have a better season next year. Jeremy, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I mean, it was a great game to, to commentate for sure. Uh, you know, Gongalin really brought the fight to Belconnen straight away and they dominated that first 10-15 minutes and they, and they got the reward uh, same thing we discussed that on commentary but you know you, do you want to score early and try and knock your knock down your opponent or by scoring early did you just poke the bear uh, and it looked like they poked the bear it looked like Belconen after losing uh, two games this season um, Mikael Thornton talked about that during the week said that the, the younger players in our squad need to realize that they need to to play to be able to win the game uh, and I think conceding this early in the game really woke up the whole squad and everyone all, all of a sudden started turning up. I mean, you know, you can't fault uh, the, the energy that Miyama Govern left out there and, and Clark and, and everyone really in that team. Uh, Gangalen, I think, will feel maybe a little bit hard on by. I know that we said that they, they it looked like they were a little bit tired throughout the end of the game. Uh, but if you look at, at the goals that Beckonen scored, the, the second goal by Woodman, the ball sort of Luckily, falls on her. The first ball by Clark is at the end of a, a confusing corner kick. The third goal, the fourth goal, sorry, uh, is a penalty. Um, you know, Gongalin didn't, I think, didn't bring enough in, in the other box, uh, but they didn't concede on goals that were clear chances for Belconen either. Uh, look, at the end of the day, Belconen has shown that they have experience, has shown that they, they know how to turn up for the important games. Interesting to see that Ahmed Ugul change a couple of things in his in his lineup, playing Vanessa Ryan uh, up in the right wing for that game. You know, it's, you always think, why do you make a change for the semi-final? But it pays up. She was very dangerous the whole game on the right side. Uh, and I think, like you said, kudos to, kudos to Gungarin for that beautiful season they had, only conceding eight goals before that semi-final, the whole, the whole squad turn up. That mix of experience and youth that was more on the youth side for Gangalin. We've, we've seen it with all the 
all the intensity and, and all the, the pace that this team had. It just didn't work out again but Conan this weekend, but, uh, but I'm sure they'll be happy to welcome back next season. Look, I'm sure they will. And in terms of Gungahl, and I'm, I felt like with this game, like they started really, really well. But once they conceded, it seemed like they were okay. Then once that second goal went in, they just, like you said, it just seemed like once that second goal went in, they just lost, not, not they didn't lose desire or anything, but it just seems like they lost that pace. I don't know, just after that second goal went in from Belko, they just lost the energy. I don't know where it all went. Look at the runs Mikaela Thornton makes the whole game for Belkonen. She is in center defense. She's running the ball into the other box. She's on the left, on the right, in the middle. If you don't have a player like that in your team, to lead by example and remind everyone around that it's a semi-final, you gotta fight for it, it's hard to, to pick yourself back up. Now, I'm not saying Gangali doesn't have a player that good, I and mean, maybe they don't, uh, but, but it takes a special kind of experience to realize that your teammates probably aren't quite in the game right now and are letting it slide. And, and to picking them back up and, and running. We know the intensity that Gungalin can bring in, the, the Legends, uh, Miro, DeMarco, Pennyfield as well. Uh, but, but, you know, someone as strong as Thornton is a difference maker in a game like this. And, and he gives Belkonen a 10th straight NPL Grand Final, uh, which with the two defeats that they considered uh, the last, in the last three weeks, you know, we, we were almost thinking Gangalin can steal that one away from them. Uh, but yeah, it, it takes that special kind of experience to make sure that the whole team is going to follow you and, and go to bat with you. Uh, look, it certainly is. And um, I think what's important for Belconnen is, yeah, we've said that they haven't, you know, they conceded more goals than they usually do. They've lost more games than they usually do. But look where they are. They're in the final. So uh, if anything, I think it gives them a little more of a fire than they usually do to sort of prove and say hey look we, we haven't had you know but like i said it is a small it is a shorter season but yeah we haven't some some of the results haven't gone our way but we're in the final and we're going to show that we can still you know we're, we're still belconnen so if anything they're i think they're going to have more fire to do to try and win another title now to prove all sort of sort of the doubters wrong in that regard and sort of to prove you know to themselves that yeah, we've had a little, we've sunk just a little bit more than we usually do, but that doesn't mean, you know, we're not out of this. And they can prove it this weekend if they beat Canberra Croatia, can't they, Jeremy? Yeah, and not to anticipate on, the, on that grand final preview, but they are the one who lost the season game, so they have a bone to pick. Uh, and, they, and they are definitely yep. going to come in with, with the maximum energy. Once again, that just adds to the fire, I think, uh, along with what I said before as well. All right, now, before we get on to the final preview, we'll mention Canberra Croatia. Canberra Olympic 4-1, Palombi with two quick fire goals in two minutes, fifth and the seventh. And then, of course, she scored her hat-trick in, later on. And she also hit the post just before the hat-trick. Beautiful shot uh, from the left side, hitting the crossbar. And then uh, Olympic scored one goal through Beg at half time. That really helped with their momentum, and it helped. They played well at the start of the second half as well. Um, Canberra Croatia just came out of the blocks running. This is exactly what they did to Canberra Olympic when you called the game with Sarah West in the rain at O'Connor. This, uh, this makes it nine from nine now for Canberra, Croatia. Uh, they, st uh, but Olympic though, I, I, I still think, um, I still think they had a really good season though. I don't think this result takes away from that. They troubled Canberra, Croatia after they scored that first goal in the start of the first. They really tried to push and push and push, but Canberra, Croatia's defense was really, really, really strong. And when Canberra, Croatia break, they're just so deep. They're just so lethal. They have so many. Goal-scoring op options. I mentioned in, in my interview with uh, uh, Nick and uh, Grace Gill today, which should be on Facebook with sometime within the next week. 
I mentioned uh, I mentioned your your uh, article how she she talked about how we don't rely on one goal scorer and <laughs> it's proved the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? Um, well, what did you think about this one, Jeremy? Yeah, look to 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 put that issue to bed. I guess uh, I think the discussion before the game was Andrew Woodman deciding to put Abigail Stanton in the goals instead of Angelica Pahina. Uh, Angelica Pahina, the usual um, the usual goalkeeper starting who wasn't injured and came back from her injury and by all accounts was fit to play this weekend. But uh, Andrew Woodman, with with what we saw from Stanton, who was great against Balcon and showed a lot of maturity uh, for a young age, uh, decided to trust the keeper. Uh, I, think, I think the first two goals probably show that it's hard for a, a teenager to get into a semi-final in front of a, of a Brittany Palombi. Maybe she, maybe she was a little bit intimidated. We know, we know how good Palombi is with no issue, but you, you end up having four goals from the exact same place in the box who go in the exact same place in the goals. Uh, it, it's, it's a bit unfortunate for, for Canberra Olympic that by all means, she's done some good save as well during the game. Uh, but I think, uh, I think Nick Brozinich will be happy not to be on the, on the side of the keeper gate this season. Uh, and he was more, he was more Olympic. Besides that, uh, you know, a great get, uh, a great game by Canberra Croatia. The experience again spoke volume when you got Grace Gill, Grace Field, who are able to just play the moment, who are able to slow down the game when you see that Canberra Olympic is getting back into it, who are able to score almost at will whenever they got the ball in the box. You're expecting the back of the net to, to travel. So it's very hard for a team like, like Olympic, and we've seen the young players of Olympic, you know, Sienna Farrar and Ela Mix have been exceptional all season, uh, and Sienna Farrar makes a mistake and a half this weekend, and it costs three goals. Um, it's just it's just in those games, so some experienced players turn up, and unfortunately, um, some other player just are 0.3 seconds too late, and, and that's the difference sometimes in those games. By all means, Olympic played well. That goal from Nicole Begg is probably one of the goals of the season, that run uh, from her own half. I think Olympic on the second half will feel a little bit hard on by. I would, I would have called, it's easier from the commentary box, right? But I would have called two penalties uh, for, for Beg. One of them, the, the referee think that there wasn't a foul. And the second one, the referee called the free kick outside the box, uh, whereas it looked like it was inside the box. And th those are things that could have probably put Olympic back on it. Uh, but sp speaking with Nick Brozinich after the, the game, one thing that is true for Canberra Croatia is that they will sort of turn up when they feel like they have to turn up and the rest of the game they'll play a little bit slower and we've seen that in that game they didn't play a whole 90 minutes they had some some on and off moments and whenever they had enough moment Canberra Olympic almost was able to to take advantage of it but it looks like if Canberra Olympic was going to score one Croatia was able to come back and score three so it's it's interesting to see the dynamic of those two games I think both teams had fantastic season the progression of Canberra Olympic compared to to last year you know they're a bit of a of an up and down team. They were bottom of the league four years ago, semi-final three years ago, sorry, three years ago, two years ago, bottom of the league last year, and now semi-final again this season. So you just hope that they're going to keep that consistency this time. You just hope that they're going to keep the player, assistant coach, and um, athletic development coach, Nicole Vegg, with them to help the rest of the team uh, developing. You hope that they're going to hold on to, Andrew Woodman will hold on to all those girls that we've seen being so good this season. Uh, and then next season, on the long season, there'll be a different story for, for Canberra Olympic, for Canberra Croatia, nine out of nine. You know, he's gonna want to go 10 out of 10. He's got, he's got a, his little 
personal revenge to get on Belkonen with, uh, with that loss last season, Nick Brozinic. So I think all these girls are, are with him and it's going to be a, a fantastic grand final. Uh, well, let's just get straight into it, shall we? Um, grand final, what, what's, your, what's your preview? What, what does each uh, side have to do to sort of uh, combat each other from what you've seen this season? Where I see Belkonen the best is when they use their width properly. And some of the strength in Canberra, Croatia, is that same width. Alice Churchill on the left has been exceptional. And on the right, they've been that good that Nick Brozinic doesn't know who to choose between Matic and Anu because both players have offered so, some guarantees. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty hard for Belkon United to try and, and break the, the Canberra deadlock. Uh, we've seen that Canberra, Croatia, we've seen it against Belkon and can score from a half opportunity. And it was Brittany Palombi back then. Uh, Palombi, Gill, Field, Chao, we can name them all. Everyone can score in that squad. We haven't seen, uh, we haven't seen much corner kicks going on for, for Canberra Croatia, but when, every time there's one, Renan Fensum is there trying to put a header in. There's a lot of firepower on both sides. I see both teams really strong. I give the advantage to, to Canberra Croatia just because they got lucky enough not to get any injury. You know, Belkonen lost Alexia Forner, and that's a big loss. Uh, and they've, they've been on that momentum of winning every single game, albeit maybe not playing the best way, but always winning, 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 whether Belkonen had to tweak here and there to try and, and get to the level they are. Then, you know, like we said, a game is a game. Belkonen's coming with a, with a bone to pick. Uh, it's probably rare for Belkonen to come into a grand final, not as the, favor the, the favorite. It looks this weekend that Canberra Croatia is the favorite. It's just about how, how is Ahmed Ogul and his team going to respond to coming into a grand final, supposedly second best. It's, it's certainly going to be an interesting matchup. So you're predicting uh, Canberra Croatia then. Okay, interesting, uh, very interesting to say the least. Look, for me, what, what I'm looking forward to in this, in this match is I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals. Uh, anyone who thinks that, I don't, all you have to do is look back to the game in the middle of the season, 1 0, Canberra Croatia. I think it's going to be more of a feeling out process to begin the game uh, than what Canberra Croatia usually do. Now they look, they could surprise us all and come out of the all guns blazing. But we've seen so far, besides this weekend and maybe last weekend, uh, uh, Belkonen usually don't concede incredibly early. So I think you're going to see a lot of a uh, push and shove, sort of like, you know, finding the moments. Finding everyone, finding the spaces, finding the uh, the chinks in the armor. I think it's going to be the first half, at least, is going to be very, very. Um, uh, what's the word for it? I've got a blank for words now. But uh, they're looking. They'll look for the opportunities. They'll look for each other's weaknesses. And I think it's going to be a very incredibly close matchup because both teams, I think, will just have their number. It's essentially like a you know fresh slate for a final. Um, yeah, Campbell Croatia have the momentum, but like I said, Belconnen have something to prove. Uh, so it's going to be incredibly, uh, incredibly interesting to say the least. That is, of course, 3 p.m. Saturday at Deakin Stadium on Bar TV. Russ will be calling that one with Sarah West. So um, let's uh, wrap up these playoffs that you did, Jeremy. Four in a, you've done a rough schedule. Four, four <laughs> games in a four games in a weekend. Uh, we'll start. You called both games with uh, Manara coach Paul Townsley. Uh, let's start with Canberra United Academy 4-1 over Woden Weston, Giddis Grove, Taylor Young, and Canavan with the goals. Woden Weston's goal was Whitfield. A tremendous display from CUA. Of course, they're still on that high from their victory over Bell Conan last week. Thoughts, Jeremy? Yeah, look, I think um, CUA is turning up at the end of the season, potentially because Vicky Linton was here. Uh, 
uh, and you know the new the new Westfield W League coach for Canberra United has been uh, in the in the squad for the last three weeks now, uh, and this team has something to prove. I'm, I'm not saying that they didn't play well before; they, they played uh, very well all season, and the result that they have sometimes uh, were a bit unfortunate. But I think that's the reason why they kept pushing, and that's how they get a win against Balkonian, and that's how they get a win, almost looking like an easy win against Poland Western this weekend as well. We've seen. We've seen a tremendous sight for Canberra United Academy. I, I know for a fact that Mark Boyd had a hard time getting 13 players for Western Western. Mind you, he had only 12 uh, players for that game. Uh, but Canberra United Academy came on with, with full force. If you can afford not to sub in Anna Hunt, who's one of the best scorers from the academy on a game like this, and you can still win 4-1, that shows the strength of, of the academy. Things that, like I said, last week when they when they won against Belconen, things that we wish we had seen a little bit more early in the season, but we've seen the Grove sisters have been outstanding all season, and we've seen a little bit more of that. Uh, you know, Sasha Grove is probably 20 to 25 centimeters shorter than some of the players that she was uh, facing in the midfield, and you could see her getting getting to bat with it and fighting for it, and, and Annalise Grove in, the, in defense, same thing, wouldn't let an inch of space to to Sarah Whitfield, and we know how Whitfield can be dangerous. So I think it was it was a great game. It was a great show of strength and a great show of pace from the academy. Good to see Gillis finding the back of the net again uh, after a great start of the season. Uh, and it, it make again it's something to look forward to for for next season. Only two players are graduating from the academy. Won't be able to play next season. It's uh, Easy David, the goalkeeper, and Haley Taylor Young. Other than that same squad's going to come in for, for NPLW next week. And so that's going to be next season, sorry. So that's going to be a great squad uh, on their second year. They've got a good core. Got a good core to build on. Uh, any last words on Wild Western before we move on? Uh, look, I think, uh, I think it's, been, it's been a, a hard year for Mark Boyd. Just the fact, trying to find the numbers. I think he's got some very talented players. To me, Christina Esposito has been one of the best keepers of the season. Uh, may maybe it's easier when you concede more shots to do more saves, but she's done some amazing saves against every single team. They got some cracking results, losing only 1-0 to Canberra Croatia on an on goal, being able to win against Gangalin. They got some things that they can build on. They also probably saw the games that they lost that they shouldn't have lost, and they're going to be able to build on that as well. A few calls didn't go their way. Uh, it's just a, a building process right, for every single team. Uh, I, I have no issue with Wooden Western next season fighting for the top four. And uh, next up, we have w Wagga City Wanderers. Castle with two goals, Harris with a goal, and uh, they beat Tuggerong United 3-1, McGee with a goal there. Wagga capped off their building project with two very good wins to end the season. Uh, um, thoughts on this one, Jeremy? I mean, very good display from Wagga City Wanderers. Yeah, exactly. It was two sides, uh, two sides who sort of have the same profile from from the outside looking in. Two young squads uh, who have players that are playing probably 90 minutes in reserves and then coming into the to the first grade. Uh, but two squads with just a lot of talent. Uh, Inter Inter when Emma Stembury joined halfway through the season, she really lifted up the squad and showed them probably what they could do and and find the right ball and show them some. Um, how do you call that, like preferential path to be able to move the ball through uh, that we've seen this weekend against Waga City. But uh, when you don't have an Emma Stambury in your squad, it's a bit harder to hold the ball in the midfield. And we've seen that for Tugwanong. They could find Maggi a couple of times uh, in in um, sorry, in behind the defense. And, and Freeman had some, some good balls in the middle as well. But you could see that that 
holding midfielder was missing for Togonong, something that Waga City has plenty of. Uh, Lockley, Vakari, uh, Harris, they've been, they've been great all season and they've been really good this weekend. Unfortunately, Tess Vakari got injured um, in, the f in the second half. Uh, let's hope that she's okay. He didn't really look good. He looked like he was the knee. Um, you know, it's almost, thank God, it's the end of the season and she has time to recover before the next. Uh, but yeah, M Megan Castle with uh, another of her uh, great penalty in the bottom corners uh, and, and the whole team really played well. It was good to see uh, the young Maddie Ems coming in because she's been really good with the, with the reserves and with the younger teams. And she, she came in and, and proved that she was probably worthy of a, of a first great start next season. Obviously, her, her sister Sammy Ems in keeper was as good as she's ever been. And now let's move on to your the Jeremy Magan MPLW XI <laughs> of the year. Um, you, you, first, you, first, vet, you vetted it and you agreed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's first, but I mentioned it to the to the guys here. What let's just d discuss some of the goals of the season before we get on to that. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I thought about it this morning and I was like, oh, which goals did I think really really made the difference? The first one that jumped to mind was. Uh, the two goals from Grace Gill, the one against Canberra Croatia, or the one against Gungalin United, when she just dribbled Percival and put it in the top right corner. We, we called that one together. Uh, and the other one was a game that we didn't call <clears throat> against Tugranong, where I think it's Lara Anu who anticipates the ball, touch it, and then Grace Gill, one touch from outside the box, find the, the opposite corner. I, I, I would agree. Probably uh, the one, one of the Grace Gill goals that we called last week, that one was absolutely outstanding. Um, and also, I would throw in there one of Rachel Hardwick's for sure tremendous goals. Um, what many any right. other Whitfield scored a really good goal against a, a Gangalan uh, when we called Whitfield them a against Gangalan. The very first goal uh, from LK Itulu yep. uh, that we've seen was, was great. Um, I, I think there, there's been that some was, that was against Olympic, by the way. Against Olympic, yeah, there, there was some really good goals in all season. Uh, Tess Vakari scored a couple left foot or right foot from outside the box. Brittany Palombi scored in every single situation and that left foot even that right foot was pretty fantastic and I'll tell you what that, that, that goal where she sorry that shot where she hit the, 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 um, the crossbar on the weekend if she scored that that would have been one of mine as well, well the I, way I would... she curved that from where she was the way she curved it uh, not to the, the, to the near post to the far post and then it just hit that top crossbar that would have been one of the goals of the season as well if that went in I would yeah. have given her the goal that she got denied for offside that wasn't offside <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when she scored from that position 35 meter on the left wing and, and yeah loved the keeper but yeah called offside uh, unfortunately for her look I think we've seen some great uh, for some great goals this season Sasha Grove has scored Alexia a, a Fawner couple. Well scored a couple. Alexia Fawner scored some great goals. I mean, the whole of Belconnen scored some really good goals, really well um, built goals. Uh, so yeah, I think there's been there's been a lot of great goals. The first one that came to mind was that shot from Grace Gill. Yep. Maybe because it was fresh in my mind. Maybe because because we did it too early. And we were oh, on yeah. that angle where we saw it just blasting into the top corner. Uh, we, we've seen some some really good performance this season. We certainly have now. Jeremy, let's get straight into the XI, shall we? And what's your criteria first? Do you have any criteria? Yeah, my criteria was my eyes. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had it thought through the way uh, Frank and, uh, and Russ had it. You know, they had to play that mini-game. It looks like the, the 11 that, uh, that, that I thought were the best and that we, we quickly discussed together uh, were only players that played most of the games anyway. Uh, they the the... The starting 11 is from the semi-finals, really. All of them were playing on the semi-finals. Uh, to, to get straight to it, in, in goalkeeper, I was, I was hesitating between 
Tonini and, and Esposito, and I put Tonini. I think uh, if, if we talk criteria, I tried to take players that were good all season, but also we've seen being decisive, and we've seen doing things that probably got some won their team some points, and Kelly Tonini, I think, is a perfect example of that. She's one of the best keepers in the competition, and I think the point they get against Belconen is thanks to her, uh, and some goals, because Gungarin didn't win any games 8-0 or 9-0. It was always a tight tight score at the end, and Tonini really was a, a difference maker for them. And I was outside this weekend, she made an absolute, absolutely fantastic save. There was one just before that third goal, I think, went in. She made a fantastic save, and it and um, I think the defender didn't clear it properly or something, and then there was another goal. But I, uh, I, I felt bad for her at that moment because she did all the hard work for that uh, for that save, and then it just got uh, put back in, put put back into a into her open um, into her open arms. So yeah, she, she reads she reads the game well. She's able to play with fit, which is obviously a quality everyone wants in their goalkeeper. She's got that thing that is so hard for a goalkeeper. Whenever there's a cross, she doesn't hesitate to dive in the middle of her goals to try and, and cut that ball instead of leaving it uh, to, to the striker. She's, I think she's really been outstanding. Um, I printed the team as a 4-3-3 because uh, there was a lot of good strikers this season. Um, the back four would be Rashad on the right side, Fensom and Percival, the two central defender, and Vanessa Ryan on the left. Uh, Jesse Rashad, I think, um, I would I would argue didn't have as good a season as last year um, from from the game that I saw from last season. But you've seen her experience in all the game that mattered, and you've seen her, uh, you know, bringing up the fight to the other teams and making sure that the players around her would see that that's how you're supposed to go in when you go into a game and that that exp that serious and and that solidity. She's also scored four goals this season. Uh, three of them being a header and the other one was a beautiful left foot uh, which she was quite proud of. Um, I, I think she deserves a, a spot there. Um, Fensom and Percival in, in central defense. I think Fensom had a, a couple of moments during the season where she maybe lacked focus and you almost caused goals to, to Kempra Croatia well, every time that happens. Uh, also, when we think about goals, she saw a cracking header. Probably the best header of the season, I would say. Definitely. That against head, Olympic. That yeah. header against Olympic. That, that probably sealed the deal for Canberra Croatia as well, and that's what I mean by being decisive. Uh, that header was beautiful, and whenever she goes into the corner, you almost want two players to look after her. <laughs> so that's some, that's something that's very important. And, and you know, she's 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 very strong on the men. She's very strong on the players. Sorry, she's very strong um, when it goes to contact. She's also really really fast. Not a lot of players were able to contain Ash Sykes when she was going onto her wings, and Rhiannon Fenson definitely did that uh, more than once. Next to her, I put um, Percival, Maggi Percival from Gangalin. I think she really held that defense. Gangalin was a very good defense this season, but Percival had to play with different players around her. At the beginning of the season, Alia Robertson was the left uh, back, and then it was Bridget Sander. Next to her was uh, DC Joe, and, and there was a great partnership. And she then got injured. Exactly, yeah. Sidhu gets injured, and uh, Legions gets in. Um, the, the right back almost never changed. It was always Alex Patterson, unless she couldn't play, and then Ruby Gamble came in. But she was able to really hold that defense together, and she was really able to, um, you know, help her team getting into the right shape. A great, uh, you know, a great captain. Obviously, that's what you expect from your captain, right? But you could you could hear her always placing your team. You could hear her always telling your midfield, a young midfield, where to go and how to how to help defensively. Uh, I, I really think that she's been outstanding for for Gongalin, and I'm sure uh, Diego Iglesias must have been really happy 
to have her uh, with him. The left back, uh, Vanessa Ryan. Uh, who, who plays right wing this weekend? Yeah, who played right wing right this weekend. It's it's about the it's about the regular season, the starting eleven. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I remember. We remember vividly yeah. that game against Tugranong, where yeah, Vanessa Ryan and Catherine Brown on the on the left side, and it was just theirs for the whole game. And, and, and might I say, with Vanessa Ryan, when she when they when when the midfielders and the defence finally got uh, delivered the ball to her feet, or at least close enough where she didn't have to run two hundred meters to get it, um, she really grew into the game, and and um, some of those crosses as well were fantastic, and um, she created a lot of havoc. She was the reason for that first or the mm-hmm. se- their first goal or second goal. I, I don't remember which one it was, but she that defender's instinct where she just absolutely just. I ran through the play to win the ball and then I then let it in. off and then let it off to um to Woodman I think it was for the Yeah, goal. Woodman it was. And um yeah, so she really uh grew well into that um into that right wing on the weekend very quickly and but that's that's seems to be what Ahmed likes with his squad. He likes his ro- he likes to rotate his um fullbacks and his wingers and he likes them to both have similar skill sets. So it gives him more options, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was surprised to see that she hadn't scored this season. I thought she had at least scored one, uh, but she definitely has a has a few assists to her to her name. Uh, and yeah, I think she's been she's been great and and you know, she's been a player that even if he plays her right wing, he always plays her. She's always been in that squad uh, and her her speed her uh, technique ball to fit her experience as well she's played in a few teams around uh, the capital so she also knows how some players are playing and you could see that she put that into uh, into good use um yeah i thought she deserved a, a spot there uh the midfield three midfielder i think it's almost a no-brainer michaela thornton nicole Begg, and stella de marco yeah uh, there's be there there has been a lot of quality in the midfield this season but i think those three players in their teams were definitely difference makers. I think Mikaela Thornton as the captain just lifted up leadership. Yeah, bring, yeah leadership and, and ball to fit. She's just she's just gifted uh, technically and she's able to always find the right space and she's able to always calm down her team and also to create the momentum and, and accelerate the game when it's needed. She's able to eliminate three players to be able to find her forwards. Uh, I think she's been outstanding. Nicole Begg. How many goals has she scored from midfield? It's, uh, so many, especially at the start of the season. Absolutely incredible. Uh, we saw in that first game we, we ever called against uh, Gangalan United, and even though that wasn't Olympic's best performance, she was one of the players of the match. She was fantastic. And we all know her qualities, uh, Nicole Begg, and uh, she deserves to be in the team as well. Ends up with nine goals. Um Top goal scorer with with, yeah. with Brittany Balombi uh, before the the semi-final started uh, in the regular season. Uh, yeah, and, and she's she's brought that experience, and she's definitely I think one of the reasons uh, with her twin and with some other experienced player in Olympic. One of the reasons why those young player had the the confidence to to get out of their shell a little bit and to and to play better. I'm thinking about you know Lily Dawson and Eleanor Jones, uh, who've scored many goals set up by Nicole Beck because she probably has. 12 assists to her name as well. Um, I think she's been outstanding for for Canberra Olympic. Stella De Marco, uh, I think I think she's your favorite player of the season probably as well. Uh, we can see her technique every time on the field. She she's so um, you almost don't expect it. The ball comes to her feet and you're wondering what uh, a, a player who's not the tallest on the field will do with it. And she always has the right touch, the right timing perfect passes when she has the field in front of her um and she's gotten stronger on the ball as the um as the season moved on and i don't mean stronger in terms of uh, her range of passing because that's always been fantastic but she's been stronger on the ball like she hasn't um people haven't uh, bullied her off the ball as much she's she's held her own especially against that game against canberra croatia like 
um, some of the players were you know twice her size and she wasn't letting the ball go, which is which is um, which is great for her. And then uh, I remember vividly, vividly there was one of these games. I forgot which one it was, but um, I think it was against Tuggeron. Maybe she put a absolutely fantastic ball. It's probably one of the best assists. I've seen all season from all the competitions, from all uh, MPL 1, 2, NW. She's been a fantastic player this season, and of course a young player, so she's, she, has even, she has even more to add to her game. That, that's her gift, right? The passing. I mean, Russ Gibbs wouldn't, uh, Russ wouldn't contradict me when you're a, a striker and you know that whatever run you make, the ball's going to come where you want it. It's just, it, that's all you want as, as a forward, and that's what Stella DeMarco can offer. Uh, yeah, she, she's been fantastic this season. Uh, the front three, I think same thing, no surprise there. Brittany Palombi, Grace Gill, Ashley Sykes, 24 goals, the three of them in the regular seasons. And Terrific. Now, what can you say about them all? I mean, we, we me- I mentioned it when I did that uh, goal for Grace Gill. I said when you give her the ball, she's bound to create something special, and she did on that occasion, a lot of occasions this year. Um, Palombi, uh, some absolutely stellar, stellar goals. You're always expecting goals from, from her. And actually, Sykes, she brings that experience. Former W League player, she knows um, how to score goals, and she's really been crucial for her team. And for her, her movement off the ball is what has been fantastic for Gunga. Uh, sorry, for not for Gunga, for uh, Olympic this season. Her movement off the ball and her running, her 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 her, her ability to see play and demand—that's where that play wants. When you see Ashley Sykes play, it seems like all right. You can tell they've worked on that in training. They've said, "Yeah, pass the, you know, I want when we when we get the ball for in this position, pass it, you know, pass it here or pass it there, and I'll run onto it or whatnot." You can tell a lot of work has gone into that um, with this with the uh, with the Sykes sisters and uh, training their uh, compatriots. Yeah, Ash Sykes with eight goals in five games only. You know, she didn't play that first game against Gangarin, and then she missed the last two games on on injury. And you know, we. We wish her the best and hope that she's going to um, get that ankle f- um, better as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I think the, this front three is really, it was really easy for me to pick. And, you know, I, I'd almost pick Grace Gill for, uh, for potentially the MVP of the season. She's been so good for, for Canberra Croatia. The same thing that Mikala Tonton can bring to, uh, to Belkoden, Grace Gill brings it to Canberra Croatia. Sometimes Nick Bozinitz doesn't even have to talk to her. She knows when to drop down in the midfield. She knows when to play the momentum. She knows when she has to bring the ball herself into the box and, and, shot and shoot. And what's important is she knows uh, when to do that when the game needs it. She doesn't just do it when she feel like, feels like it. She does it when the game needs it. Like when they're struggling a bit in midfield or they're not creating enough or, or if someone up top isn't, isn't um, producing in that particular moment, she knows when to do it in, in that regard. Is, I agree with that, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my starting 11. Tony Nee, Rashad, Phantom, Percival, Ryan, DeMarco, Thornton, Begg, Sykes, Gill, Palombi. Obviously, there's been, we've seen a lot of talented players, and I by no means am saying that any other player wasn't worthy of it. A lot of players were, were really good. Uh, but yeah, that, that was the, the starting 11 that I picked. Um, on the bench, uh, I just picked five players to make it not too hard for me, I guess. I don't know if it was maybe harder. And then it could be a 200-player loss. I know, right? Um, Esposito as the goalkeeper, we've, yep. we spoke about it. Uh, I think she's done... She's done some outstanding save. Unfortunately, she's conceded a few goals, but at one point, there's only so much you can do against teams like like Belkonen uh, and, and the sorts. But uh, she's she's the reason probably why they can win against Gangarin. She's the reason why they don't um, get more goals against them when it's Canberra, Croatia. Uh, and yeah, she, she's done great. Um, Alice Churchill, the very experienced left back from Canberra, Croatia, who I think uh, was was that that experience in the back four that Canberra Croatia needed was always bringing the fight, using her left 
uh, wing perfectly probably helped Brittany Palombi get some of those goals by not needing her to come and do the defensive work. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I think it's, uh, she was a real difference maker. Rachel Hardwick, definitely on the bench. Uh, four goals this season, four out of the five goals from Monaro come from Rachel Hardwick. Uh, I think she's gonna have a bit of work to do with Paul Townsley to try and get the team up to scratch, but, um, but she's, been, she's been outstanding and despite the results, she's, she kept giving her all. I couldn't agree more. The, some of those goals have been absolutely outstanding, and she's by far been uh, she's definitely been Minara's MVP, the driving force in midfield to move her team forward. And every the majority of the positive performances Minara have had this season has been from Rachel Hardwick. And from what I've heard, uh, from all accounts, she's a, a massive leader and helps Paul a lot with the team and uh, and her leadership and in training, not just in, in games but in training, she's uh, pivotal pivotal to that club. And hopefully they can. Uh, gain some more depth and get some um, more quality around her. Exactly. Uh, then I pick Sasha Grove, a uh, 15-year-old midfielder who, who's definitely shown how how skilled she is in the midfield. And, and, uh, and always on the ball, because whenever I remember calling a CUA game with you, you're always saying the name Grove, 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 Sasha Grove, Sasha Grove, Sasha Grove. So she's always on the ball and she's done very, very well. And she's got even 15 years old, she has even more to go. At that, way to go. at that age, understanding the game, always finding yourself free, always working hard for your teammate to make sure they always have a solution uh, is, is something that, you know, you hope that she's never going to lose. Uh, and yeah, five goals as well in, uh, in that regular season. Uh, and most of them been beautiful goals. So a few assists to her name as well, a, a great season. Uh, and the last one that I put on the bench is uh, Grace Field, um, who scored seven goals this season, uh, and I've also put her on the bench because we realized that um, we know why Nick Bozinic recruited her this season. The last time um, Canberra Croatia lost to Canberra Olympic, Gracefield was with Olympic. The last time that Canberra Croatia lost to Gungalin, Gracefield was with Gungalin. So uh, Nick Brozinic was probably trying to put all the chains on his side and, and keeping the, the girl that was beating him wherever she played uh, in her team. Uh, all, all jokes aside, I think her, her partnership with Grace Gill and how they could work of each other uh, has been amazing this season and she took she took a few games to score that first goal but once she scored she was unstoppable uh, and she's been she's been decisive on on some of those games um that that, that the bench you know if we if we have to give some honorable mention I, I don't know who who you'd have in mind but you know in Monaro I think Thebi Compton and, and Bella Wallace have been great uh for Togrenong and Marie Sims 14 year old that defender that we just covered in afternoon against Monaro Panthers was great and Emma Stanbury I think brought a lot to that team as well but she did join late on she, Emma Stanbury yes sir. Yeah. exactly and I guess you could you could see um, not to discount the rest of the team I think the Daisley sisters were amazing as well but you could see that Emma Stanbury like I said just gave him that boost of confidence um, that, that they, they needed and that they should know they had in them indeed alright so anything else to wrap up the uh, MPLW talk before we move on to MPL2 Jeremy uh, no, I, I think you know I'm looking forward to that weekend and uh, and that grand final uh, from from the sideline. I love to be. Um, I'm going to enjoy being very close to the coach and telling them what I would say if I was commentating the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, that is uh, our MPLW for this week. All right, and last but not least, MPL two. As always, we had two massive, massive matchups that both had implications on the top four, which those semifinals will be played this weekend, I believe, on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's still yet to be determined. Okay, so, it, <clears throat> so in terms of MPL two, first matchup, we had White Eagles, Wagga City Wanderers on Saturday. It was three-three, very entertaining encounter. It must be said. 
I watched the match. Eagles came out of the box absolutely booming, scored very, very early on. To be fair to them, it could have been 2-0 straight after that. It was very close to being 2-0. I think the linesman called um, called the ball, uh, called the uh, flag, saying that the ball didn't go over the line. It was one of those scrambles for the ball uh, when uh, White Eagles thought it went over. could have been 2-0, and if that was 2-0... Actually, even if that was 2-0, I still think Wagga would have fought back. They, uh, they fought back a lot this season, and, and they, they fought back a lot today, to say the least. Wagga, like I said, fought back immediately straight after 1-1. Straight after that chance that wasn't given for White Eagles. Came back right away. 1-1. It was a bullet header from outside the box. And then they definitely had the momentum straight after that. They went to 2-1. Uh, Wagga took, um, like I said, uh, Wagga were very low, close to taking the lead, lead again, actually, when there was another ball whipped into the box. And there was a fantastic volley, but the keeper from White Eagles had a fantastic save. Um, so, yeah, like I said... Um, it was 2-1, and then uh, just before halftime, Eagles scored to make it 2-2. So it was a thrilling first half, to say the least. And then Wagga went up 3-2, and they had, but they made the best of the chances and the momentum before that goal and after that goal. Uh, however, I think it was about with 10 minutes to go, White Eagles scored, made it 3-3. And then, yeah, look, the, the results at the time meant that if ANU won, Wagga would have been through, White Eagles wouldn't have been through. So, I guess White Eagles were happy with the result because at the end of the day, they, they were as happy as they could be with the result because at the end of the day, a draw could have got them through. It all depended on what happened on that final game of the season, uh, which was then the following day, which was ANU New Gali. Um, in terms of that, was absolutely thrilling matchup. Um, both teams proved a lot of their qualities this season. And what did you uh, think about this result, Jeremy? Yeah, I think, you know, the, we, we keep talking about momentum every time and uh, White Eagle can be up to null within 10 minutes. Uh, not that it would have been a game changer, but then after that, you can sort of park the, you know, park the bus and just stay behind and wait for the other team to commit. Uh, this doesn't happen. Waga City scored two goals, 13th and, and 23rd minute. Uh, and then now White Eagles have to come back. And then when they finally come back, uh, Matt Menser scored his, his second goal. I mean, we've, we spoke about him quite a bit this season. The experience that he brought to, to Waga City is priceless. Uh, you know, I think it, it was good for, White, for the White Eagles to be able to score that late goal, uh, showed their, their character and showed that they were not willing to, to give up on that uh, final, st final spot. Um, it, it was a very entertaining game, and I think we, I'm pretty happy that we're going to see those two teams uh, in the semifinal not to give away the, the next game. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, the, uh, I don't think it's been announced yet when these semifinals will be. I'm sure Kappa Football will announce in the middle of the week. Um, yeah, but in terms of that, I think... Both teams, it was quite even. It was very much even. Like I said, it all depended on whoever scored that goal, with the lead, they had the momentum. It was very back and forth. It was exactly the sort of game you would expect it to be um, for those at Woden Park. And for if Russ Gibbs listens back to this, um, I finally had an Eagle Burger, Russ. I definitely understand why you were, why you were raving about it. The Eagle, the Eagle Burgers are fantastic. Definitely understand why you're raving about it. Now, uh, next up, we had Ugali ANU, which was yesterday 4-1 to Ugali. Absolutely massive victory over there in Kudamandra. Let's not forget Ugali. Uh, I f felt they probably would have needed this win e even more than any of their other wins this season because they need to regain momentum after losing to Western Malongolo last week. And but let's be honest, if they wanted to, if they needed to lose, they would have been happy that they lost when they did instead of losing in the semi-finals. We've said that about a few teams this year. Um, but this loss for ANU means that doesn't don't make the finals, which is... It feels weird to say that. It's mm -mm. Because they're, they're current champions. They've won the last three uh, finals. And 
it sort of feels like when you when we'll talk about Olympic saying Olympic and MPL one haven't made the finals. It, they're both sort of on that level in the regards of the last several years. They've always at the very least made finals. So it feels weird to say it for both of these teams this year in 2020. Um, what do you think about this result? Absolutely, uh, very interesting considering we're not going to see ANU in the finals for the first time in a while. Yeah, exactly. They're going to regret their uh, their complicated start of the of yep. the season. You know, losing to both Waga and and then Canberra White Eagle, um, and and then it's a bit too late. You know, to to be able to come in back a short in that season. Road. In a short season, we keep saying that you can't make a mistake. Ugali playing what what they play. You know, they've been great all season. That that loss last week uh, not felt like a fluke, but we were not expecting that from, from Ugali since they were undefeated until then. Uh, and, and like you said, they just gained back momentum and sort of told the other team that just because they lost one game doesn't, need that, doesn't mean that they're not still the, the, the premiers for the season. Uh, yeah, it's disappointing not to see ANU back in the semifinal, uh, but it's very exciting, Ugali in their first year, how great they've been. And uh, yeah, you, you'd fancy them to go all the way through, hey? Yeah, look, I, I, I will personally, personally, I think it will be a bit surprising if they don't go all the way through. They've had that loss, I feel, but they've just been some of their goals. It, I've, Ugali has seemed to be. If I can't get to the game, Ugali's goal seemed to be the only one I get to see because it's on, <laughs> it's on the, it's on the Facebook, on Facebook. live stream, on their Facebook, and a lot of their goals that I've seen are all fantastic team goals. A lot of them end up being tap-ins because they've. One two smashed around the uh, the defender, w- ran it around the keeper. One two one two, very quick one two passing. Um, a lot of momentum, a lot of uh, tenacity in the way they push forward. So it's a very team oriented in, ter- in terms of their goals. I mean, t- let's not, let's not forget the semi finals we've got. So the way it sits, I believe it'll be Ugali versus White Eagles because it'll be first v fourth. Ugali v White Eagles in the semi final, and then we'll have Queen City versus Wagga City Wanderers. So, I think it's going to be. Um, yes, I think it's going to be a quite interesting matchup. So what do you think about these two? How good is Ugali versus White Eagle going oh, yeah. to be? Six, ten, ten goals uh, earlier in the season when they meet five two at halftime for for Ugali, uh, and then two one for Eagle, Eagles in that in that second half. Uh, really looking forward to that to that goal. Like I said, you know we we can't see Ugali not making it, but a team that really caused them important this season is White Eagles. Really challenging them. Uh, in, in their defense, at least. Um, it's going to be a really, really fun uh, semifinal for sure. Uh, the, I think both semifinals are going to be quite quite tight. Uh, you you think that Ugali is going to have it easy, but they had the hardest game against White Eagle. And Waga City and Quimbian uh, enjoyed playing each other as well during the season. Um, you, you're looking at teams that all have considered very little goals, have scored plenty. Quinbian maybe not the best attack of those four teams, but they've always showed up in the important games. Um, they're going to be both semi-finals that are, that are going to be great to see. Oh, look, they certainly are going to be, and um, hopefully they'll get, be announced soon. Um, in ter- I, I would definitely um, watch out for that Walker City Queenbian one. That's going to be a very, very tight, tight matchup. I mean, Queenbian City had a fantastic season, so did Wagga on all accounts as well. Um, yeah, White Eagles, let's not forget they did finish top of the table last year. Um, they didn't win, but they finished top of the table and they were in the semis. So this year they were sort of, by their own standards, didn't um, achieve their heights. So they'll, they'll be, look, the fact that they didn't finish high means they'll be raring to go. But uh, Ugali have 
let's not. I'm, I'm, hopefully, I'm going to have an interview with uh, Luke <laughs> Santolin up in the middle of the week um, for them finishing top of the table, like I've done for the other for the other coaches. And let's not forget what he said at the start of the season. Um, we're not here to make up the numbers. We're <laughs> doing it. And, and they've proved it. They're not here to make up the numbers. They're, they're definitely not here to make up the numbers. I mean, far out. They've done really well. Only lost one game this season. Then a lot of the games have won by big score lines. So I think we're looking. I think we're looking at some uh, some either high scoring affairs or some very very quick encounter, uh, very close encounters uh, this weekend from those semi-finals. Jeremy, thank you very very much for joining me. Thank one of you. Our, one of, uh, it's, it was always bound to be a massive show today. Let's not forget uh, with these uh, previews to say the least. Any last words before you head off? Any plugs that you want to put out for the this weekend? Uh, no, th- thanks for having me. Uh, as usual, um, I'm, I'm always happy to come here. Uh, a bit sad that it's the last weekend of the season uh, this week. Oh, sorry, there's, there's another weekend for NPL too, which, which yeah. is good to hear. We, don't worry, we'll still have a couple more podcasts before we uh, uh, transition to the off-season uh, schedule. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah last week for for NPLW, and I'm looking forward to the off-season. You know, playing six aside with you, Matt's going to be fun. Oh, <laughs> we, we should, should we update the squad like what we do with Michael's uh, <laughs> Michael's um, Capital League team in the, in how we uh, how we play six aside? Yeah, making my return to the field for the first time in. Uh, uh, first time in a couple of years, um, <laughs> at least outdoor. I, I played indoor up until about two years ago. So um, let's. Try, I'm going to try and go for a run every uh, every second day at the very least, <laughs> and get that uh, speed up. I uh, look. I still got that short, short, short distance speed trying to get to the ball. Look, let's be honest, Jeremy. You never lose your skill, do you? You just lose your. Uh, you just lose your. Uh, I've gained. Just, just lose your speed. I've gained the belly. Awesome. Thank you very much. Hopefully, Thanks. I'll have you on. Um, this weekend for our post-final show, whenever that will be. Um, we're hoping to uh, get quite a few guests on there. We're hoping to get it filmed, hopefully. So let's wait and see. Um, I'm not sure whether we're going to be posting that a, we- a Monday or a Tuesday, but we hope that it's going to be filmed and we'll do a premiere thing on Facebook. So it won't be live, but you know how you do a premiere, so you have to watch it. That's that's my plan. So hopefully if all goes, if all goes well, We'll have that, and at the very least, we are going to have some uh, some special uh, video content for you guys um, in the upcoming weeks. I've interviewed um, I've interviewed all four of the coaches, uh, both of the MPLW, uh, all four of the coaches and the captains. So from Canberra, Croatia, we have Canberra, Croatia MPL one. I have uh, their captain Matt Gerbisher, a uh, video interview with him from today. I have a video interview with MPLW Canberra Croatia captain Grace Gill and coach Nick Brosnich. And we've also got a interview with um, Bell Conan United uh, coach Armadil Gull with their captain Michaela Thornton. And as soon as two minutes into the interview, it started thundering and raining. <laughs> so there's going to be some comedy with that. It'll be funny to say the least, uh, it's especially the looks that we sort of uh, give when we're like, oh, geez, really, as soon as we start. And then I'll, I'll of course, have later in the week uh Gangalan united coach marcel munoz with his captain jack green so they'll all be video interviews up trying to vary the content um because thanks guys everyone that's uh, tuned into those um audio videos have done quite well uh over the last couple of weeks um so i've decided let's let's go it all out try and bring some little more professional video content so i'm glad hopefully everyone enjoys it and hopefully we'll get some um uh, recorded video content after the game of either the coach or the captain straight after the game uh, with the the finals hopefully if all works well hey Jeremy yeah and, and everyone tune in on Saturday on, on Bar TV uh, all day 9am the reserves final for the NPLW well I'll 
be commentating that one. Not sure who's going to be happy to wake up at 9 a.m. with me. Uh, 12 p.m. You and me should probably do the yep. under 23 final for the for the men's, uh, and then the grand final for NPLW and NPL1. Three o'clock and 6:30 in the afternoon. That's going to be a great game of football for it's us. It's going to be one massively long day, and for you, geez, actually, for you, it'll be the longest. Well, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. to watch Marseille, so that's going to be a day for sure. <laughs> awesome. Thank, thank you very you much. Matt. Thank you, as always. All right, thank you very much, everyone. Like I said, stay tuned to Facebook. Um, stay tuned to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube eventually as well for our um, <laughs> new uh, for our new uh, updates and new videos and new content. Thanks so much for the uh, likes, shares, and subscribes. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much, everyone, and just enjoy the finals weekend. We've got a massive, massive weekend of football. Thank you.